Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 through 16. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said, To the God whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Meshel, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for ten days. At the end of the ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetable instead. The second reading comes from Daniel chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned a satrach, Meshach and Abednego. So these men were brought to before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Satrach, Meshach and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, cedar, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kind of music, If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Satrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown in the, into the blazing furnace, The God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and we, he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve you, your gods, or worship the image of, image of gold you have set up. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> It is indeed an honor for me to um, share to you guys the Word of God all the way from the Philippines. I don't know, I think this is my third or fourth time to be um, sharing the Word of God here with you. And every time I share, it is, it is always a blessing. It is always an opportunity for me, first and foremost, to grow in my relationship with the Lord as I study His Word. And I'm so sorry this morning we will not be talking about the book of John. But this morning, we will be talking about the life of Daniel. And I know most of us, we know the life of Daniel. And even the kids, maybe, some of them. And we will, we will be talking about fear, okay? We will be talking about fear. Now, as far as I could remember from the book of Rick Warren, he mentioned there are four drivers of our lives, usually. 
There are four drivers of our lives. Number one is guilt. Number two is resentment and anger. And number three is materialism. And the last but not the least is fear. And that is what we're going to talk about this morning. Fear, people often miss great opportunities because they're afraid to venture out. They play it safe and avoid risks. Um, one of the articles that I have read online, it says fear, false evidence appearing real. So that's the meaning. False evidence appearing real. Now, throughout this world, there are two kinds of people. Number one, those who have conquered their fears and those who are living their fears. Those who are living their fears and those who are living their dreams because they had the courage to take on their fears. My question, is, my question is this morning is that what is the number one killer of dreams? What do you think is the number one reason the majority fail to live a life they want to live? What is the number one reason why people fail to succeed at any level? It is not about the luck. It is not about lack of money or opportunity, especially being here in America. It is certainly... It is centrally not circumstance, but it is fear. Again, it is fear. Fear is the greatest killer of dreams. Fear is the voice inside you that says you cannot, instead of saying you can. The voice that gets louder and stronger every time you listen. Every time you let fear dictate your decision, Fear grows stronger. Fear grows bigger and bigger. Fear is the voice of average, the voice of the settler. And fear must die. Again, fear must die. And fear will die. No matter how many times I fail, and no matter, no matter how many times I feel rejected, embarrassed, down, I will not give up. I will keep at it until my greatest fear dies. I will stand toe to toe no matter what. This morning, what a great blessing to learn from the life of Daniel. What a blessing to, to, to help us um, be reminded of, of, of that word, the word fear, and how we can learn out from the life of Daniel and the rest of his three friends. Okay? So we'll be talking about it. Now, during this time, King Nebuchadnezzar was the king during the time of Daniel. He was leading the Babylonian armies. Now when his father Nabopolassar died, he was leading the Babylonian ar army. So he was the successor of his father. Now it was in Babylon that the story was happened. 
Daniel and, and, and his three friends. So in the preceding verses, you can find that king commanded Aspinas, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, youth without blemish, of good appearance, skillful in all wisdom, endued with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace to teach them literature and the language of the Babylon. So they would be educated for three years, and at the end of time, they were to stand before the king. And among this were Daniel, which Daniel means, which is God is my judge. But then um, his Babylonian name was Belteshazzar, which means lady protect the king. And then with his three friends, the name Hananiah, the name Hananiah, Mishael or Meshach, and Azariah or Abednego. So we will be learning from these four guys. But then, before I go on, I am reminded by the life of David also. David was in fear, not just us, not just Daniel and his three friends. We all, we, we, we all sometimes get scared. We have fears in life. But I am reminded by the life of David in Psalm chapter 31, verses 13 to 15 that says, For I hear, for I hear many whispering, terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Before we go on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this great opportunity that you have given to us. It is indeed a blessing, Lord, and an honor to talk about you and to help us grow in our relationship with you, whatever you have this morning for us. And thank you, Lord, for the life of Daniel. Let your Holy Spirit teach us, Lord. Be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I will fear no evil. Why? Because we know that God is on our side. Right? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. That's according to the word of God. Now, in the, in the face of fear, what drives you? In the face of fear, what drives you? Number one, let us all be driven by our dedication to please God. Let us all be driven by our dedication to please God. God, or that desire, that dedication, that desire to please God. Now, look at this here. Daniel and his three friends, they were, they were being tested. Their dedication or their loyalty were being tested before the Lord. And, of course, they were prisoners. They were slaves in Babylon. They were from Jerusalem. They were slaves. And during this time, four of them were chosen to be part of the best among the best used to be trained for three years. And during this time, they were tested. The I'm sorry, that desire, but dedicated, if you can change it in your um, bulletin right there. Okay? I mean, dedication. Um, so they were being tested. Now, the number one test that we have here that we can find in, in our tech is that eating of royal food and drinking wine. That's the first test. But then, 
these three people, these three, the friends of Daniel and Daniel itself, he asked. He asked the leader, give us what? Give us vegetables and water. Test us for 10 days. That's what we would like to do because they know that this is not the right thing to do. They were dedicated to serve their Lord and being in a foreigner country, being in, being in a, a, I would say, pagan place, it was just so hard for them. But it's so crazy because instead of to be scared, being chosen, instead of being scared, what they said, they asked, just give us vegetables, try us for 10 days. And after 10 days, what happened? They, are, they were 10 times, 10 times better than the rest. And that is indeed a blessing. Here we can, we can learn that, you know, if we follow the Lord, if we choose not to compromise your faith, but to stand firm for God, the Lord will just bless us, right? The Lord will just bless us. So choose not to compromise your faith, but stand firm for God. These gentlemen were being exposed to worldly society, and the king commanded them to be conformed to whatever customs of Babylon. But they said, no, we have to stand firm. I cannot compromise or we cannot compromise our faith to the Lord. We got to stand firm here. And, and this is so easy. Going back to my high school life, I was actually, um, I left the house. I was living in a, in a boarding house with other friends. And we were, we were free to do anything, you know. So back in my high school days, so maybe here in America, that would be during the college years in your life where you are, you, you are free. No mommy, no daddy to, to, to watch you guys, you know, and you live on your own. So during my time, I was only high school when I did that. So I, I moved to a different community. I studied high school there for four years, and I was free to do anything. But the good thing was the Lord found me. And, and, and that's the time when I, when I came to know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. But then I was exposed to a lot of things, to, to the worldly um, activities. But the Lord was there. And this is exactly what happened to Daniel and his friends. And take note, we are living in this corrupt present society. You know, cheating in school is very acceptable as long as we're not going to get caught. Being late at work, whatever, everything, we can see it in our community. Our community is being corrupted. But we have to choose. We have to decide for ourselves. Okay? We have to make a decision. No, I will not going to compromise my faith, but stand firm for God. I, I, I... I really like this. Chapter 1, verse 8 says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. He made a decision. No, I will not going to compromise my faith. I will stand firm for God. This, I, I, I love one of your presidents. Um, Ronald Reagan, I think, next slide. Ronald Reagan used to tell the story, like, 
to the shoe cobbler where he asked the question, do you want a square or a round toe in your shoes? He said, I don't know, I'll tell you later. Well, he never did tell the cobbler, so when he went pick up his new shoes, he discovered that one had a square toe and the other had a round toe. That day, Regan discovered that if you don't make decision, if you don't make a decision, somebody's gonna make it for you, right? You have to make a decision for yourself. I will not gonna compromise myself. And this is the same thing with our relationship with God. Wherever God may lead us, we have to stand firm. I, I, just, I just like that. Um, it's, it's, I think it's, it's kind of funny. We have to make a decision for ourselves. Okay, so I have here um, jellyfish and dolphin. So we have to identify ourselves. Now, if you think you're a jellyfish, that means they look like they're free. They look like they're enjoying themselves. They think they can just do whatever they want, but they are actually in bondage to the wind and waves. What about dolphins? A dolphin has more control over where he wants to go, what he wants to do. He can cut through the waves, whipping his tail and deciding whether he wants to go to the right or to the left. He doesn't let his emotions nor the situation he is, he is in affect his decisions. Now the question is, are you a jellyfish or a dolphin? Number two test here is worshiping idols. Worshiping idols, Num test number two for Daniel and the rest of his friends. Test, yeah. Test number two, worshiping idols. Now, um, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold to be erected in, in chapter three. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. The image was set up, so he went. So he gathered all his people and asked them, when they hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe and every kind of music, they are to what? They are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall what? Shall immediately be cast into a burning fiery furnace. King Nebuchadnezzar was so cruel. He wants everybody to worship him. That idol that he erected. He wants everybody to worship that image. And it is, you know, here, here in America, I have noticed, it's not that very common, but back in my country, this is very, very common. Like, the, you, you know, we have all, all, all sorts of other practices that instead of worshiping God, they would rather worship idols. You know, idols are not just the idols that we worship. We have a lot of idols in our lives too. But during this time, King Nebuchadnezzar asked them, I want you to worship me. But then, these guys, they decided no. They instead choose not to bring shame to God, but only bring praise and glory to the Lord. They choose not to bring shame to God. No, we can't do that. We cannot do that. In fact, they said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, 
we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Again, that's a decision to make. No, we will not going to do that. That's another decision right there. We cannot bring shame to our God. Only our God worthy is our praise and worship. Test number three, praying to idols. Again, Daniel was being tested not to pray to his God. Daniel was a man of prayer. Come on. He was a man of prayer, and he was commanded by the king, no, you cannot pray to your, to your God anymore, but pray to idols. You get to bow down and pray to idols. But again, um, but again Daniel chose not to do it. No, I can't do that. So what can we learn from that? Choose not to give allegiance or loyalty to anyone but God. Again, God who saved us from the bondage of sins, the one who demonstrated his unconditional love to us at the cross, and who is very merciful and faithful, glorious and miraculous God, deserves all the glory and honor of our lives and no one else. And it is a decision to make. It is a decision to make. When in the face of fear, what drives you? Brothers and sisters in the Lord, be driven by your dedication to please God. Be driven by your dedication to please God. Number two, be driven by your determination to please God. Be driven by your determination to please God. God. Now, Daniel had previously been appointed a governor in Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. He was a governor, okay? And, you know, most of us are, 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 are very blessed with our work the Lord has entrusted to us. Some of us here today have our own businesses, right? We're so blessed. Some of us are nurses, doctors, teachers, lawyers, Bible teachers, in sales or computer expert or whatever, housekeepers or gover government officials, and many more to mention. But to take note, most of us here today are working in a non-Christian environment, right? But to be there is not an excuse to mediocrity. No matter what we do, we must be driven by our determination to please God in the way we work, just like Daniel. Just like Daniel. Look at, look at this. Now, they, in, in verse 3 of chapter 6, if chapter six. now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. As this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Have you distinguished yourself at your job? That's always the great Christian, even for myself. Do you try to do, your, try to do your best even if you don't think you are getting paid enough? Even if it is not the most rewarding work 
in the world. But look at this, in the life of Daniel, people under him or people with Daniel trying to put him down, but they could not find any fault because he was so distinguished. And Daniel was, was, you know, placed in a position with a great importance and responsibility. So, of course, the rest got jewels, you know. But this never altered Daniel's pattern of life. He could have just given way and compromised. He could have just grew tired from doing what is right before the Lord since he was already old enough. During this time, as far as my readings is concerned, he was already at the age of 85 during this time. But instead, he made a good choice still, a decision to please God in the way he works. He did not refrain from his faithfulness to the Lord, even if that could mean that he loses his life. He, choose, he chose to be a man of excellence. So right there, we can learn from him, choose to be a man of excellence. Because Daniel chose to be a man of excellence in his job as the governor official. And that, was, and that is always my desire as a worker. My job is not a very rewarding job in the world, but I, I like it. I like it. And one time, I was so blessed with my boss. My boss is my brother-in-law. We were talking about other problems that we have with other co-workers. One time that I could not forget, he told me, Kerms, I was, I was not even talking to him the spiritual aspect of, the, of, of our conversation. But one time, it hit my heart, he said, they don't, they don't really need me. They don't, they don't even need this kind of job for them to have a better life. He said, they need to go to church. They need Jesus. And I was, I, I paused and I was like, you know? So wherever, wherever God puts us, whatever the job that you have right now, be just, be, be like Daniel, a man of excellence. And number two, choose to be a man of what? Of example. Daniel was a great example. His integrity. He was exemplary. I like the word there. Daniel so dis distinguished himself among the administrators. He was exceptional. And it is my heart's desire. When we serve the Lord, uh, how I wish the Lord would say... Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your integrity. That's why I always ask myself, do I show integrity in my job? Just like Daniel. Can my coworkers notify it? Do I tell the truth at all times? Do I show responsibility in all areas of my life? Do I humble myself to be teachable? And lastly, in the face of fear, what drives you? Number three, be driven by your devotion to keep, to, to please the Lord. Be driven by your devotion to please God. Here, this is crazy. You know why? Look at this. God I know that God is always available. We know that. 
We never get a, a, a busy signal wherever you go. God is always available. He can always come to him freely, and that's the secret of Daniel in his life. He had a proper relationship with the Father. Okay? But before moving on, before moving on to the last um, point of this, I would like to introduce to you a young man that have an unusual name. I hope he challenges you this morning. Let us all welcome his name is Fear. My name is Fear, and I'm a, I'm a thief. I steal life, I steal confidence, I steal peace. My name is Fear. I hate the light, but I love the dark. But do you want to know something, a secret that's not really a secret at all? I may feel powerful, but I am very weak. You see, I don't exist if you don't let me. I don't, I don't survive if you don't feed me. And I don't live if you just kill me, but you don't. My name is Fear. I have the power to keep kings from becoming kings. My name is Fear, and I have stopped willing hearts from doing much of anything. I've held back helping hands. I've sent armies through lands. And I have sat you down and forced you to not take a righteous stand. Because that's what I do. <sighs> My name is Fear. You used to know me as the monster in your closet, but now you know me as a monster in every day between real living at bay. <sighs> you see, you let me control you. You let me own you. You let me slow you down to a ridiculously boring pace. My name is Fear. And you all, you all too well know my face. My name is Fear. I need no introduction wherever I go, okay? Because they know my name is Fear. They know my name is Fear. And I'm welcome here because you say it so. My name is Fear, and you have invited me here. I know that's true because, well, otherwise, I wouldn't even be here. But, you see, I can't even be here if you don't let me. I can't win if you best me. So, my name is fear until you say it isn't. See, that fear owns you. Don't let that fear control you. And don't let that fear slow you down. The third driver is this. Be driven 
by your devotion. This is crazy during this time because look at the decree was given. Okay, verses 15 to 16, the decree was approved by King Darius that this could not be revoked, not even by the king. If Daniel and the rest of his friends keep doing what they're not supposed to do, they were going to be in trouble. So the decree was given that was signed by King Darius. And then the stone in verse 17, that's no way to escape out from the, from the lion's den. There's no way for them. And for sure, during this time, they were all terrified. There is a decree given. If Daniel and the rest of his friends let that fear control them and let that fear own them, what had happened, you think? Nothing. And the other crazy reason is this, the royal seals, no one could dare to help him out of that den. They were hopeless. But then again, do not let that fear owns you, controls you, or slows you down. Because if you have that devotion before the Lord, if you have that, if you are driven by that devotion to please God, no matter what it takes, you are going to stand firm before the Lord. No matter what. Instead of slowing Daniel down, Daniel know the document had been signed. He immediately what? He immediately went to pray. He went to his house, and on the upper, upper floor, he had the windows opened so all could see. He did not pray just once early in the morning, but he prayed three times a day, every day to make sure he was seen. And that's really brave of Daniel. The decree was signed. But Daniel wants everybody to see him praying. Daniel wants everybody to see him worshiping his God. And when Daniel prayed, he didn't use fake words, so, so maybe it might be seen as just praying to Darius. He clearly gave, gave thanks to his God. He did not change his way of praying when the Lord arrived. No, he was not scared. He did not let that fear control his life. Whatever the decree was given. But Daniel, what? He was persistent in his prayer life. What can we find is this? Choose to be persistent in your prayer life or quiet time. I love this guy, John Piper. On Daniel 6, he said, You will have to take my life if you want to take my prayer. It is a more serious prospect to be prayerless than to lose my life. I will give up my life before I give up my prayer. That's really awesome. That's how he evaluated the prayer life of Daniel. Isn't it great? When trials come, let us pray. Let us praise him. Let us, let us make supplication to the Lord because this is the right thing to do instead of being what? Instead of being fearful. Instead of being scared. And number two, choose to be, to be dependent on God and God alone. Choose to, to, depend, to depend on God and God alone. Here, there's no way. When that decree got signed, Daniel went straight to his room, opened the windows. Okay? There's, there's no other way to do it but to depend and to rely on God. There's no way. 
Lord, the decree is signed. The, the stone is there. The seal is there. What can I do? But to rely on you because you are able to help me with this situation. A grandfather was, was out walking with his grandson one day. How far do you think we are from home? He asked the grandson. The boy said, Grandpa, I don't know. The grandfather asked, well, where are you? Again, the boy said, I don't know. Then the grandfather chuckled and said, sounds to me as if you're lost. Then the young boy looked up at his grandfather and said, I can't be lost. I'm with you. How can we get lost when we are with the Lord? Right? And, and, that's, and, and that's a blessing. We can't get lost. If we have that devotion, if we have that persist, persistency in our prayer and dependency on God, and number three, here is the thing that always challenge me, challenge, challenges me as a servant of God. Choose to be a mission-minded, okay? Choose to be a mission-minded wherever God pleases you. Here, Daniel was able to influence, to influence King Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 4. He was able to, to influence King Belshazzar in chapter 5. He was able to, to influence King Darius, in, um, King, King Darius the Mede, and also King Cyrus the Persian in chapter 6. I know of no foreigner in history who has been able to hold a high cabinet position in the governments of four different kings and in three different empires. Uh, that so happened because Daniel was very conscientious to whatever duties he had. Look at this. Daniel was able to influence the kings above him. The king was able to recognize that the God of Daniel is real, that his God is so powerful, that the God of Daniel was the God of the universe, and in him, nothing is impossible, proven and tested in his life. He was untouched by the lions in that den. That was proven and te tested. Daniel was able to let, the king, to let the king know the Lord. He was able to influence the king to worship his God. And the king found the real God. So Daniel set himself as a living testimony, as a living example to reflect the glory of God, the lordship of God, that there is a powerful king above all kings. And that is our God. And that's the God of the universe. The hope of the people. The hope of those who are in need. The hope of my country, the Philippines. Wherever you are from. Whatever country you are from. The, the hope of this country, America. Yes, we have leaders. But we need God. Let's read this decree. Nations of men. This is the King Darius' declaration. He said... At the, at, the, at the end of chapter 6, he said, Nations and men of every language throughout the land, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and have reverence for the God of Daniel. 
For he's the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Let it be the claim of King Darius in the decree that he has made could also be the claim, the cry out of the people in, wor- in our workplace, in the marketplace, in wherever God leads you. Let it be the cry out of all the Americans. Let it be the, the, the cry out of all the Africans, the Filipinos, the Mexicans, the all people in the world. Let it be the cry out, and that is to worship the living God. Amen. Let it be the cry out of everybody. 